greetings to you all in the marvelous name of our lord and savior jesus christ warm welcome to naftalitrade.com and each us 24 into 7 kochi india today we are discussing an important question why god's faithful servants die untimely these days the number of god's servants dying untimely in accidents and by acute diseases has increased tenfold since the last decades we have no logical explanation to it and so we often depend on philosophical explanations in the name of religion first thessalonians 4:13 says but i do not want you to be ignorant brethren concerning those who have fallen asleep lest you sorrow as others who have no hope from here apostle paul goes on to speak of the resurrection of the dead and the catching up of those who are alive by our lord in the clouds he concludes the passage with these words therefore comfort one another with these words his advice is to comfort each other with the hope of resurrection and rapture since stephen and apostle james were murdered at an early age but apostles never gave an explanation to why they died so early so it is very difficult for us to find a direct answer to the question from the bible usually we assume that god's servants those who have died early have completed their service to the lord in this world and hence god has taken away their life through martyrdom accident or through acute illness these are good words but they are not true to the bible apostles and the early church never comforted themselves with this thought at the death of stephen or james in acts 82 we read and devotment carried stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him that means they did not comfort themselves saying that stephen completed his service to the lord and hence the lord has taken him back In the book of Job we find Satan standing before God accusing Job saying that his fidelity to God is due to his material blessings so God permitted Satan to test Job when the firstest failed Satan came to God again asking to touch his bone and his flesh so that Job may curse God again God permitted Satan to afflict his flesh but God himself never did any harm in chapter 2 6 God specially commands Satan but spare his life now the question here is that why god specially told satan to spare the life of job what would happen if god did not give this command to satan surely satan will touch the life of job and he will die untimely that is why though god permitted satan to take away his material possessions and afflict his flesh god commanded satan not to take away his life and all these permissions are given while the hedge around job is not lifted by god that means satan can take away the life of a person the first century christians knew that stephen and james were killed by satan they comforted themselves by the hope to meet them again in the clouds with christ now let us move to the first book in the bible genesis abel is killed by his brother cain after a blessed service to god by abel God was not taking away the life of Abel because he completed his service to God on this earth Abel was killed by his brother In Genesis 4:10 we read God telling Cain that the voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground This is the voice for vengeance not a voice glorifying the untimely and unexpected deaths 
all testament israelites were rebellious people they tortured and killed many god's prophets jesus makes a striking statement on these incidents luke 11:50 51 that the blood of all the prophets which was shed from the foundation of the world may be required of this generation from the blood of abel to the blood of zechariah who perished between the altar and the temple yes i say to you it shall be required of this generation jesus did not say that god called back the life of prophets as and when they completed their service to god on this earth jesus made it clear that they were killed and israelites were responsible for their death here i remember apostle paul's famous words 2 timothy 4 6 7 4 i am already being poured out as a drink offering at the time of my departure is at hand i have fought the good fight i have finished the race i have kept the faith apostle paul's death was a martyrdom he died at the age of 64 or 65 in acts 21 we read that paul on his way to jerusalem stayed in tyre for 7 days in verse 4 we read that his disciples told paul through the spirit not to go to jerusalem but paul continued his journey on the way to tyre to jerusalem paul came to caesarea and he stayed in the house of philip the evangelist for many days one day a prophet named agabus came from judea and he prophesied saying thus says the holy spirit that at jerusalem jews would bind paul and deliver him to roman rulers let us read paul's reply to this prophecy carefully acts 21:13 then paul answered what do you mean by weeping and breaking my heart for i am ready not only to be bound but also to die at jerusalem for the name of the lord Jesus Paul was willing to die and ready to die when we study the closing words of Paul in the book of Acts and in epistles we feel that apostle Paul wished to end his ministry and life Paul declared himself that his departure is at hand fight is over his course is finished he was warned and asked by the holy spirit not to go to Jerusalem but Paul went to Jerusalem there he was arrested and taken to Rome and according to the tradition he was murdered there in Philippians 1:21 Paul says for me to live is Christ and to die is gain in verse 23 he says that he has a desire to depart from this world and be with Christ but in verse 24 he acknowledges that if he lives for more years it will be a blessing to the church that means paul confesses that if he live longer he could do more things for god's kingdom but he has developed a mindset to wind up his ministry on this earth and die all martyrdoms are not god calling back the life of an anointed servant of god because he has completed his service on this earth at the same time a long life of a god servant is indeed a blessing to the church in this world paul has not presented a different perspective What did Jesus say about martyrdoms? Matthew 24:9. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. Read carefully what Jesus says here. They will deliver you to tribulation and kill you. Jesus did not say that God will kill you or uh, take away your life. 
there is no proof in the bible that god that says that god will untimely take away the life of an anointed servant of god jesus told us that they the enemies of the gospel of the kingdom of god will kill you another popular philosophy is that a servant of god would not die before he finishes his ministry respecting all god's faithful servants who support this view i am sorry to say that the scripture has a different perspective elijah was a respected and popular prophet of yahweh in the old testament in first kings chapter 19 we read of jezebel threatening elijah to kill him on the next day so elijah ran for his life into the wilderness and there he prayed to god that he might die from there again he ran to the mountain of horeb and spent the night in a cave and there instead of taking away his life god assigned three commissions to him anoint hasael as king over syria anoint jehu the son of nimshi as the king over israel anoint elisha as prophet in his place but the sad thing is that elijah could completely one of these three commissions in his life he anointed elisha as prophet in his place and afterwards he was taken to heaven alive without death though elisha fulfilled the other two commissions elijah left the world without completing his commissions by god that means it is not a must that god servants should leave in this world until their commission is completed and the untimely death of god's anointed servants is not a sign that they have completed their service to continue our discussion let us read a verse from first samuel chapter 25 when king david reached the wilderness of paran he sent his servants for food and shelter to nabal but nabal rejected david's request and spoke ill of him so david decided to take revenge on him but abigail the wife of nabal heard that david is coming against them with 400 armed men suddenly acted wise abigail met him on the way and she offered david gifts of wine grain prepared meat and cakes of figs then she fell down in front of david pleading with him to show mercy to her husband in verse 29 in order to pacify david she says it a man has risen to pursue you and seek your life but the life of my lord shall be bound in the bundle of the living with the lord your god to be bound in the bundle of life is that you are protected and cared for deeply when valuable items were transported during biblical times they were wrapped in cloth cotton and other soft materials for protection they were then wrapped again and again to ensure safe arrival so our life is bound in the bundle of god is surely great protection but that does not mean that we have special protection of god wherever we go and however we live we are surely protected by god if we live under his lordship obeying all his directions in our life in another way god's protection in our life is subjected to our free will now what is free will free will means god has given humans the freedom of choices that genuinely affect their destiny 
we not only have the ability to choose we also have the responsibility to choose wisely all our motives desires and actions are voluntary and we are rightly held responsible for them in order to exercise our free will according to the desires of god we should always communicate with god for every word and action but the unfortunate fact is that human beings are always influenced by the environment in which they live man is always influenced and to an extent controlled by the demands of his environment god's servants know that many a time we have said excuses to god and obey the instincts of the environment i do not call it a crime or sin it is natural but it is not god's way the human environment is a better communicator than god so that we listen to it more often than we listen to god it is true that there is a communication gap between god and humans we expect god to forcefully interfere in our life but god respects our free will and often speaks softly god says not to go but our environment demands us to go god says not to do but our environment demands us to do god is not worried about our future because he has taken care of it but we are worried about our future because our environment does not assure us a good future and so finally we obey the demands of our environment but god is never silent every blessing protection and provision we receive from god is subjected to our free will a wrong choice that we make yielding to the demands of our environment may lead to a calamity While the Old Testament believers were in a physical war against their enemies the New Testament believers are in a spiritual war against the enemy Apostle Paul speaks about in Ephesians Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12 for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against the principalities against the powers against the rulers of the darkness of this age against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places God's anointed servants are not mere soldiers in this war they are those who stand in the forefront of the army they are always in war in the deadly places of war how we see martyrdom and how god sees it may be different usually the people of this world call the death of a person a martyrdom if a person is killed for the sake of a cause but believers like us are not fighting against flesh and blood not against any human being for the people of this world stephen james peter paul and many others were killed by the order of an earthly king and by a hangman or an executioner but for the believers who are in the spiritual warfare they were killed by satan and his wicked army they were killed by evil principalities powers rulers of the darkness and spiritual hosts of wickedness in the spiritual realm evil powers plotted against god's anointed people and influenced humans in this physical realm to execute the murder man is only a tool in the hands of satan and his wicked kingdom and every death caused by the dark kingdom is a martyrdom a god servant may be killed on cross by stoning to death by sword by natural calamity 
or in an accident all those who die for the sake of the kingdom of god through the wicked schemes of the kingdom of darkness are martyrs the means of the death is not the factor which decides whether the death of a saint is a martyrdom the scheming they will behave the incident decides it as a martyrdom since the scripture do not support the philosophy that god takes away the life of his servants untimely every untimely death of god's servants are martyrdoms with all these understandings about the scripture i would like to present three observations to explain the untimely death of god's anointed servants my first observation is that an anointed servant of god may meet untimely death or injury because the lack of support from the infantry or the supporting foot soldiers in a war there are ferocious warriors who stand at the forefront of the army fighting against the enemy but no warrior can win the war alone without the support of the infantry on foot because no war is a one man's business infantry gives a support and necessary protection to the warrior and all soldiers in the infantry know that without ferocious warriors no army can defeat the enemy god's anointed people are warriors who fight against the enemy standing at the forefront of the army their safety is very important and all the believers should uphold them in prayer creating a brass wall of prayer around them they fight and we support them So the solution to the untimely deaths of anointed servants is not philosophy but prayer. Let us realize, accept and confess our shortcomings in praying, protecting God's servants. Let us pray for the anointed servants from today. Let no forefront warriors of God die untimely at the hands of the enemy. My second observation on the untimely death of God's servants is that even an unintentional lapse on the part of a warrior is disastrous warriors in the war should concentrate their attention on the enemy they should watch carefully every small and big movements of the enemy any distraction even for a millisecond of time may be fatal to their life learning the schemes of the enemy is important for victory moses and joshua in the old testament sent spies to learn the strength and the weakness of the enemy the enemy knows our strength and weakness and he has planned the war accordingly apostle paul in second corinthians chapter 2 verse 11 advises us not to be ignorant of satan's devices otherwise satan will take advantage of us A God's anointed servant should always watch the movements of the enemy and listen to his king's orders. The war belongs to our king and so when the king asks us to preach let us preach when the king commands us to be silent let us be silent if the king asks us to go let us go if he commands to stay let us not go. We often used to argue that God knows everything and nothing happens in our life without the knowledge of God. It is true that in his foreknowledge God knows everything about us but that does not mean that God violates our free will and intervenes in our life God never violates volition My third observation on this matter is that injury and even death are probable in a war spiritual war is not a myth it is truer than a physical war It is a fierce war between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness it is a war for dominion and power God's anointed servants are commissioned by the years who always position themselves in the war front. 
and in a war injury and death are probable various go to the war front for defeating and destroying the enemy no one goes to the war to get injured or to meet death but everyone knows that injury and death are probable in a war we have accepted the commission from god to stand against the enemy expecting the worst we are ready to die for christ and the kingdom of god so injury or death is not a threat to a servant of god he has dedicated his life for the cause of the kingdom of god every spiritual warrior hopes for eternity and the rewards waiting for him this is his motivation let us accept this truth as the truth of a war let us not philosophize death is always death let us console ourselves with the thought that all kinds of death in the spiritual warfare is martyrdom to live is for the glory of the kingdom and to die is gain for us first thessalonians chapter 4 verse 16 to 18 for the lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of god and the dead in christ will rise first then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the lord in the air and thus we shall always be with the lord therefore comfort one another with these words let me wind up this message here thank you for listening and watching the video may god comfort you by the hope for the eternal life and uh, uh, rewards amen